The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. and Jenny Frumer. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, Leadership Matters. Hi, good afternoon. This is Jenny Frumer, and I bring you greetings from Elpert Jewish Family and Children's Service in West Palm Beach, where I am the Assistant Associate Executive Director. We have a fabulous show this afternoon, um, and I want to introduce Dr. Jennifer Murnane. So uh, Jennifer Murnane is with Capital Analytics. She um, is with the consultancy agency organization, Revolutionizing the Way Organizations Assess Their Investments in People. Dr. Monane has extensive experience in working with nonprofit organizations in capacities as an employee, researcher, and consultant. She has authored several dozen academic practitioner articles, and I really want to emphasize the practitioner part of that, and is a sought-after public speaker in the area of human capital management. I know Dr. Murnane um, because I'm a student at Bellevue University's PhD program in human capital management where she is part of the faculty. Um, we're going to learn a lot more about Dr. Murnane and I think you're in for a real treat as we explore issues of how nonprofits and public agencies can better engage in knowledge management and understand the importance of leadership development to gain competitive advantage in a rapidly changing environment where there are limited resources. Dr. Murnane, welcome. Thank you very much, Jenny. And since we're not in class, I'm going to insist that you call me Jennifer. So um. It's my pleasure to call you either, but I will certainly call you Jennifer as a guest on my show. And thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Well, thank you for inviting me. And this is a topic that I am just incredibly passionate about, uh, transferring knowledge in organizations and the work of nonprofit and public organizations. I think that this topic is just so much more pertinent because of the mission-driven nature of the organizations and, and how much the people in the organization and, and what it is that they know, how that impacts the work that they do in organizations. So thank you so much for having me. No, it's really, I think we're, I really mean it when I say we're in for a treat. Um, but you with Capital Analytics as well as, uh, you know, being faculty with Bellevue University um, in Omaha, in uh, Bellevue, Nebraska. But can you talk a little bit about Capital Analytics for listeners who may not know what that is and what draws you to this work? I hear your passion, but but how does it really unfold and what does every day look like for you? Sure. Yeah, and maybe just to take a small step back and let you know a little bit about how I got involved with Capital Analytics. 
that might be beneficial yes. for some of the some of the listeners. I actually started off. I have a finance background, and I started off in the finance industry working working with financial models, and I worked for a brokerage firm, and I was very interested in those financial models. I was really fortunate to find a nonprofit private university, Bellevue University, and went to teach, started off teaching for them, and then eventually went to work for them full-time. They started what's called the Human Capital Lab at Bellevue University, and that is an organization that's geared toward doing research for organizations on human capital issues that are going on. And so I was fortunate to help start that human capital lab. And Capital Analytics is a partner of Bellevue Universities. So Bellevue was looking for an organization who had statistical methodologies and who had been out there working with practitioners in the field around different human capital topics and we're fortunate to find Capital Analytics, and so they've been partner organizations for about six years now, and I moved over to Capital Analytics from Bellevue a couple years ago, and as you said, Jenny, I still teach in the PhD program, and we collaborate, both organizations collaborate on real practitioner-oriented issues and, and things that companies and nonprofit organizations and government institutions are dealing with on a daily basis. And so the work that I do at Capital Analytics, and what really excites me about this is that I'm able to apply those financial models that I came out of college doing and really applying them to what it is that really adds value in organizations, and that's the people. And so taking those financial models and determining what it is, the the knowledge, the know-how, the experience, everything that people bring to an organization every day. And that's really what we do at Capital Analytics is helping organizations making better decisions around the different investments that they make in the people in their organization. Would, would these be um, like the C-suite executives or does it include the the direct service staff or direct service employees? In terms of the the investments in people? Yes. Yes, it, it can include any, any spectrum of people investments in the organization. So it could be a training program uh, geared at leadership development for maybe frontline managers and leaders in the organization. We also do work with nonprofit organizations looking at not only the investments in the people in the organization, but the stakeholders. So, in fact, we have a nonprofit client that we're working with and we're helping them measure the outcomes of the people that they serve. How, how are those investments in training uh, it's a workforce development organization. How do those translate to the greater economy? They're an organization out of Sarasota, Florida, and so we're looking at those investments and how they translate 
not just within that nonprofit organization, but outside of the organization. So it almost sounds like taking it to the next level. So those of us that do a lot of direct service, for example, we are often looking at the outcomes as it relates to our clients. So if the clients are people who are being trained to be in the workforce, and those are the clients, then you're taking it to the next level and, and building models and understanding the value of the training as it relates to having people in the workforce? Right, absolutely. And, and what those real outcomes mean for the organization. So is it by making an, a training investment or a performance management investment in people in the organization, is that helping them to save money? Is that mm-hmm. helping to retain those people in the organization longer? What are those specific outcomes that are linked to the performance of the organization and how does that translate down to the individual level? Sounds like really fascinating kind of work. I would imagine that it takes a tremendous amount of brain power um, but also, how how do you get to work with organizations? Do do they call? Do you send out proposals? Um, why would an organization like work like a workforce development organization or a nonprofit like Jewish Family and Children's Service, a faith based nonprofit, want to know these kinds of things about outcomes? Yeah, great question. So, most of our work comes from. We speak at a lot of different conferences. We publish articles, and really we're one of the few organizations that are out there doing this type of work, and no one really uses our methodology that we use. And so quite often an organization will come to us and say, we're making a large investment in this initiative. Uh, We've got a new program that we're rolling out, and we want to be very diligent with the budget, with the money that we're investing in this program, and we want to make sure that it's having an impact, that it's doing what we want it to do. If we're developing a leadership program for frontline managers, for example, is that really, is that helping them be better managers? Is that helping them retain their employees? Are they running their department more cost-effectively? Make you, so we're, we're helping them with very specific needs and issues. And, and quite often when I do talk to people from different organizations, a lot of times I get the reaction of, wow, I didn't realize that there was an organization out there that really did this kind of work. Mm. So it is, it is somewhat, somewhat unique. And, um, yeah, it's, there's there's definitely a need out there and it's just finding finding the organizations who who do want to know what value their human capital investments are playing both within the organization and then to their broader constituents as you say the people that they're serving and knowing a little bit about human capital management um and its relationship to knowledge management, I think that tie-in may be something that we can all relate to because when we go into an organization, or even if we've been there a long time, as provider organizations, particularly in the human service 
sector, but not exclusively so, we're constantly having to really understand the knowledge that we have. Mm-hmm. We are, um, as professionals, you know, trying to constantly organize knowledge. We're using it for training purposes. Um, so where does knowledge management fit into all of this? Because that, that really is an area that you and I have discussed and an area that seems to be very exciting to both of us. Right. Right, Absolutely. Well, and knowledge management being the the broader definition, I actually like to call it knowledge leadership. I think that is more where it is I, I feel that organizations really need to go to be successful in harnessing that knowledge in their organization. So if you look at the human capital, the, the people within the organization, their knowledge leadership and let me just take a little aside here and explain what I, what I mean by that. Knowledge management has more of a, um, well, that is the, the broader definition. It kind of conjures up more of a, an IT, a controlling aspect of how that knowledge is harnessed and, and cultivated, whereas knowledge leadership, the reason that I make that distinction is Knowledge leadership is really allowing that knowledge to be harnessed and grown organically within the organization. And it's, it's kind of the same distinction that we make between management as more of a craft and, and leadership as an art. Mm. And so that's, that's just one, one kind of aspect of this. Again, the knowledge management is kind of the broad area, the overall umbrella, but the actual practice of it, I feel, is knowledge leadership. And that's really the organization's ability. It's, it's another investment, really, mm-hmm. that you're making in the people mm-hmm. in the organization. Wow. And well, Jennifer, I, I really want to continue this conversation. I just got a cue that we're going to go to a commercial break. Oh, okay. Um, and you're listening to Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions, and we'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. G. Her email address is drg at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. What are the reasons that over three-quarters of small businesses fail within three years? Why do 70% of U.S. women-owned businesses make less than $50,000 a year? What causes mid-sized companies to stagnate? 
Although today many fundamentals of business remain the same, there are critical current changes that are not being acknowledged, and the result is costly. Tune in to Moving Forward with host Jen Sabin. We'll discuss the core reasons and plans of action to keep your business moving forward. Listen Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. and Jenny Frumer. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to drg at innovations.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. Hi, welcome back. This is Jenny Fuma, and our guest today is Dr. Jennifer Murnane, who has told me I should call her Jennifer, and welcome back, Jennifer. Thank you. Um, we're talking about knowledge management and how it impacts organizations' competitive advantage. And just before the break, we were starting to actually talk about knowledge management, what it is. And Jennifer, you made the point that you like to think of it as knowledge leadership for some of the reasons that really make it um, almost uh, the parallel you drew was the difference between leadership and management. And so I'd really like for you to kind of pick up and talk a little bit more about this. Sure, yeah. And one of the things with implementing knowledge leadership in organizations, and I I say implementing, but really I feel that this is something that it's really important to be able to leverage knowledge in your organization. And in order for it to be effective, it should really be something that's done organically and it should fit with the culture of the organization because too often I've seen organizations that have tried to bring in, uh, they've created a position, the, the knowledge officer or the knowledge management leader and sometimes that, that doesn't work when you have someone who is specifically at that positional level and trying to to capture the knowledge within the organization, it works, seen it be much more effective and work better when it's cultivated. So the the knowledge sharing is very natural and it's organic. For example, there are some organizations who will have Friday afternoon knowledge sharing sessions and it's it's just a very informal type of opportunity for people to get together and talk about a specific topic and it's not 
they don't come at it from, oh, I'm going to codify and capture all of the knowledge that that you have going on in your head. So it, it does need to be deliberate, but it should also be something that is very sustainable and organic, and it should feel quite natural to people. Where did the topics for that type of engagement come from? The I'm sorry, the topic for... For that type of engagement, for that type of organic exchange. Oh, the... Um, it was just something, actually, someone in the, and it was, I'm trying to think of the organization. I think it was the, the Peace Corps, actually, that, mm-hmm. that utilized that. Um, there's also some organizations that I've worked with before. I did my dissertation work with Boys Town, and the whole topic of my dissertation was to look at their knowledge sharing, their tacit knowledge that knowledge that's that's uh, stored in people's brains, how they share that tacit knowledge in the organization, and a lot of what Boys Town does is they have storytelling practices, and they've got a weekly newsletter where they pass along information. But it's quite interesting because it's not until I actually did the research, Boys Town didn't realize that they had these storytelling practices. They didn't realize that that was a knowledge leadership practice that they had in their organization. That's a, an organization that's been around for many, many years, and stories about Father Flanagan, the founder of the organization, were always just told by volunteers and board members, people who had actually worked with Father Flanagan, and people who'd maybe only been at the organization for about six months. But as I was doing my research there, I kept hearing the same stories about Father Flanagan or about something that, uh, a great outcome from a child that was helped through Boys Town. And I would hear that same story over and over again. And as I started putting the results together and presenting them to the leadership, it wasn't as if, Every time somebody comes in to work for the organization, they said, okay, now you, this is the story that we tell. So this is the story that you need to tell. It just was something very organic, very natural, but it was, it was a way to transfer and further that knowledge because you had there's employees at Boys Town who started 20 years apart from one another, and they're telling and sharing the same story about the outcomes of that organization. Hmm. It almost kind of reminds me about, you know, of oral histories or sitting around a campfire. Mm-hmm. And, and what I love about your example is it can dispel the myth that we sometimes have of thinking of knowledge management of something that kind of happens out there and that we, whether you're, it happens with the execs, with the board, with the uh, those individuals who aren't necessarily part of the almost cultural carriers within the organization as these stories are told through knowledge leadership. Right. Which um, I think really is important for for us to remember uh, that the, pra- the practical application uh, or implementation, I'm not sure which word you would choose, but the practical application of how we transfer knowledge is one that we all have a part to play in. 
Yeah, definitely. And you make a really good point about that it, that it is something that happens even at the, the lowest level in the organization, even with volunteers in the organization who may not be permanent, <laughs> permanent parts of the organization. Maybe they, they only come in once a week for two hours, but they still have knowledge that is critical to the success of the organization. Mm. So it's, it's and, and yeah, and I was also thinking that there are probably many other examples that you have of how knowledge leadership uh, can really impact an organization and how it can potentially change its um, competitive advantage within the community. Oh, absolutely. And when you think about competitive advantage in terms of being able to achieve the mission of your of your nonprofit organization, really being able to, with with people being the biggest the biggest competitive advantage, really learning what it is that that people do, whether it's a leader in the organization, a board member, a frontline person, and we've got some clients that we work with and. In fact, there was an executive director in one of the organizations, and she knew she was going to be moving on to another another area. And so the board very specifically made sure that in order to have continuity and stability when she leaves when she left the organization, and so they made sure that she had they had not only successor identified but that she was putting that successor in front of funders and positioning her as the new trusted go-to person because a lot of times there's a lot of social capital that's really built up being being in a position for a number of years. And so creating those intentional experiences and exposure, whether it's through mentoring, whether it's through specifically bringing someone into a situation or a meeting or conversation that even though they may not be directly contributing to that conversation it's still important for them to to hear the dialogue and to hear the even the manner in which someone conducts a meeting or carries on a conversation or Jenny I don't know if you've ever come across this, but a lot of times the way that you interact with a certain person, maybe you have two different funders, but the way that you interact with one of them, you have to completely change your style for the next person. And so it's it's all of that. So not only the, the knowledge, but the, the knowledge of what's going on in the organization, but the knowledge of people and how to relate to different people differently and change your style in terms of doing that. Yeah, and and that has been my experience, certainly working with stakeholders, including donors. But then I also sometimes think that leaders within an organization have that responsibility with people, for example, they supervise and their colleagues. Mm -hmm. We do have to know an emphasis on no, right. you have to know the other person, be able to 
at least place some value on the relationship that we have with them to know what style to engage in. Right. So as you're talking, I'm thinking this really kind of makes perfect sense. And there, there's a, a part of me that feels that a lot of this should be common knowledge. So I wonder from your experience working with organizations, where do organizations get tripped up? Why is it that we struggle to really invest in or value or um, really understand how not to under, you know, underrate, if you will, the importance of knowledge transfer and, and leadership, man, you know, knowledge leadership. Right. And so we're going to take a break okay. before you come back with your response. We're All going right. to take a break. When, when we get back, uh, Valerie White, our co-producer, is going to join us. And I know that she already has some questions from the listening audience. And so we're going to take a break and we'll be right back with Leadership Matters. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. G. Her email address is drg at innovisions.org. Innovisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Today's business marketplace is becoming increasingly global thanks to technologies that didn't even exist a few short years ago. Your business might be a startup or you might be one of the global 500. Either way, you're probably looking at customers and competitors in faraway regions. Listen for Global Reach with host Tay Revez as she brings together experts, ideas, and listeners to help you anywhere in the world. Global Reach is broadcast every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. and Jenny Frumer. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to drg at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. 
and welcome back to Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. Dr. Murnane, Jennifer, welcome back. And we also have with us right now Valerie Wright, our co-producer from Wright Ideas Unlimited. Welcome, Valerie. Thank you. It's good to be here. I'm enjoying the show so far. Great stuff. Yeah, a lot of food for thought, really. Yes, yes. Um, but this is the segment, I'm so pleased you've joined us, where you already have questions from some of the listeners. So I'm going to hand it over to you. Thank you, Jenny. I have a question from Millicent in California. Millicent's question is, one of the major problems I've noticed within my organization is that employees view knowledge as a method of securing their jobs and are reluctant to share their knowledge. When information is kept within the individual's mind, it is difficult it is difficult to maintain this knowledge, to say the least. How do you go about changing the culture as it relates to knowledge management? In other words, how do you go about creating an organizational culture that values sharing? What a great question, Melissa, yes. from California. Wow. Excellent, yes. Yeah, that, that is, that's a great question, <laughs> and that comes up quite a bit, not as much recently as, as it did in the last 10 years or so, but really that, that is an organizational issue that, that is being dealt with on a really common basis. And so what, what I suggest and what I have seen with clients that we've worked with is really building recognition and rewards into the culture. So when you're looking at someone who's looking at preserving that knowledge because they see it as as a competitive advantage for themselves. And gosh, I want to, with the things that have been going on in the economy, I want to preserve my job. I want to make sure that that I'm still needed, that my knowledge is still needed. Um, when I was at Bellevue University, we actually implemented something called called the Knowledge Cafe, and it was a knowledge-sharing community. It was an online community, and we started it initially with just some small communities of practice around different topical areas. And so, and it was something a little new and different, so people would, would share stories or experiences that maybe they had with students or they had with specific clients, and... It's, it's very contagious in a good way, and as you start to see, and, and really it starts with the leadership. So as you start to see leaders in the organization getting engaged and they're sharing their knowledge, that encourages everyone else in the organization. And at that point, it becomes more of um, almost peer pressure, if you will, to share your knowledge because you've got people, we had people who would post pictures of different different events, both personal and related to the work, and you would have stories that people would share. And so just really embedding those reinforcements and, and recognition for sharing knowledge. So it wasn't like, oh, good job, you, you made a post in the Knowledge Cafe, but it was oh my gosh, everybody around me is posting what they know about this 
and also sharing those success stories. Did you get a new funder because of these three different pieces of knowledge that people shared? Were you introduced to somebody as a result of something that was done? Were you able to serve one of your stakeholders in a more efficient manner because of some additional knowledge that was gained? So just really sharing those success stories and having the positive reinforcement and and peer pressure, in quotes, so that everybody in the organization is sharing knowledge as well. And they're, they're all doing it together. And it almost sounds like what you were talking about earlier in terms of people taking some leadership mm-hmm. around developing this knowledge, which is an organic process. Yes, ab- absolutely. And great point, Jenny, because it also goes with the culture of the organization as well. So maybe an electronic means of sharing knowledge wouldn't be appropriate for a specific organization, but what are some other ways that that knowledge can be shared and getting people out of that protective self-preservation mode of, okay, I want to I keep my job, I want to make sure that I'm the only one that knows how to do this. Mm, it's almost like if you boast about the knowledge you do have, that may in fact be the way to keep your job. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. What a great question from a listener. Um, Valerie, did you have any comments? No, I, I, I think that's spot on that, um, one, the question has really hit a spot in the organization where people do maintain that knowledge. And um, often it cripples the organization when that one person is, is the only one with knowledge or has the bulk of it and they leave the organization. So I think finding ways to um, reward, as Dr. G always say, whatever is model supported and rewarded is what begins to take shape in the culture. So building a way of um, acknowledging and rewarding um, mm-hmm. the knowledge and the sharing of knowledge is, is excellent. Hmm. Mm-hmm. What a great question. I, I think that... Um, you know, that whole hoarding of knowledge thing can be a little spooky Mm -hmm. and not necessarily good for the individual or the organization. Yeah, I think it's created silos in companies. Mm -hmm. uh, It definitely in the past, um, I think as we begin to create more learning organizations, uh, being intentional about having organizations that are learning organisms, then we we invite and encourage sharing. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow, great question. Thank you, Melissa. Um, do you have any other questions, Valerie? I do. I have a question from Ernie in California. Ernie says, in researching knowledge management, I found about 33 definitions with variations mm-hmm. on the core elements of capturing, managing, and sharing of corporate knowledge. Will you provide a summary of knowledge management and what it would mean to me as a program manager in a small nonprofit with 24 employees and $1.2 million budget? Well, Ernie, that, that's a loaded question, but <laughs> I'm confident that Jennifer can do this one. <laughs> well, my, my response would, would be, gosh, you only, only found 33 definitions. Um, knowledge management is one of those newer areas of, of study that is branching off. I'm, I'm reading about, even though this is my area of expertise in terms of research, I am continuing to find 
new definitions. I just found one the other day, knowledge diffusion mm. uh, within, within knowledge management. So, Ernie, we've got the capturing, manage, managing, sharing. But my comment to you is no matter what it's called or how you define it, you really need to make it your own. And it, it really does kind of go back to my original comments about knowledge leadership. And as a program manager with, I think he said, 33 employees, what, what is it about those 33 employees? How do, they, how do they work together? How is the best way to be able to, and, and whatever you want to call it, I, I like to call it harness because I, I think capturing and managing are a little bit too ominous of of terms, but the the transferring and sharing and what is it about those employees and how they work together and then also think about think about the end goal, think about the mission of your organization and to what end are you sharing that knowledge? How are you helping the recipients of of the services that you provide or the stakeholders of your organization. And I think that's really going to help you define and also put that definition into practice in terms of, of how you work together. And I mean, it's really in nonprofit organizations, it's really all about the mission of the organization and everything that you're doing toward improving that that mission and improving the lives of of those that you're serving, and so I think if you kind of keep that at the front of well, mind, then that'll point. help you shape. So it sounds like that. it's less about case uh, knowledge management being a task as much as it is being a process. Yeah, that's that's a good good distinction, Jenny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Valerie, any thoughts you wanted to add? I think she did a great job of of defining and talking about it in terms of capturing it more than mm-hmm. uh, defining it. Because like Ernie, as I was looking this up for today's show, uh, it's baffling the number of ways it's described and how it's used in an organization. So critical to any organization is why are you collecting that knowledge and what do you need to do with it in order to uh, give your organization, as, as the question states for today's show, that competitive edge? How does that make you competitive? How does that allow you to create excellence in the work, the service, the product you provide? And how does it allow your organization to become more efficient and effective and um, find systems and ways are heard Jennifer say, you know, let it be organic more than trying to, um, my interpretation, force this process in the organization. So I think that just um, really understanding and taking time to determine what what it needs to be for his organization, Ernie can then manage it in a way that makes it effective for them. Mm-hmm. Very great questions, Melissa and Ernie. Thank you so very much. Um, this, we're, it's time to take a break again. Valerie, thank you so much for joining us and for bringing these questions from Melissa and Ernie to us. 
Thank you. I'm enjoying the show, and I'll keep listening. (laughs) Okay, great. And, Jennifer, you hang in there, and we're going to go to our last break for the show, and we'll be right back. Sounds good. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. G. Her email address is drg at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Tune in every week for the Ellis Martin Report. Our program will bring you the news and information that you need each week. We look at publicly traded small and mid-cap companies from a variety of sectors. We'll talk to key people in the industry to bring you the foreground and background of new and -and up-and-comers for potential investment. Please remember, invest only at your own risk. The Ellis Martin Report is meant for information purposes only. Tune in every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. and Jenny Frumer. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to drg at innovations.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. Hi, and welcome back. Uh, to Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders and Inspiring Solutions. This last segment, I'm going to ask Jennifer really to give us her kind of thoughts that she wants to leave us with, some final thoughts, uh, things that she believes, Jennifer, you believe that we should be considering as we move forward and start thinking more about how to harness and capture uh, knowledge leadership. And then also, please leave yourself some special time to talk about a book that you've told me about mm-hmm. and also any upcoming um, important or informational things that our listeners might benefit from. Great. Well, thank you again so much for having me as a guest on the show. And this has been a really wonderful topic, and I appreciate the caller's questions coming in. And They were really good. Yes, they were, they were excellent. <laughs> And I guess I just really want to want to stress the importance of knowledge leadership and and making sure that however you are defining or transferring knowledge between people in your organization that that it is something that's sustainable and it's something that that works within the culture of your organization and you're not imposing something that is going to get pushed back or isn't going to be accepted and and also 
I think it is important to have a plan in mind, too, in terms of how how that knowledge is going to help the organization. I gave a couple of examples of an executive director who's leaving the organization. So in that particular instance, you have a very specific, almost tactical goal for sharing that knowledge because you've got somebody who's exiting the organization and you want to make sure that their successor is very well positioned to be able to maintain what what their predecessor has already established in the organization. So you may have situations like that, and you may also have situations where, from an organizational perspective, you want to make sure that you're maintaining the culture. So maybe you're hiring a large group of people to come in and work for the organization, and you want to make sure that you're that you're maintaining that culture, that you're that you're able to share that knowledge with new people coming into the organization. Or you may have people who are retiring. There's some companies that we work with who have a large group of baby boomers who are getting ready to exit the organization. And so they're very focused and really want to make sure that they that they are keying in on capturing the knowledge of those people who may be leaving the organization for retirement or, or other purposes. So that's, I guess that's kind of my um, main, main points and ideas I wanted to leave you with. I also did want to mention, as Jenny said, Capital Analytics, we have a book that was published by Sass Wiley Business Series, and this book came out in November, and it's written by Gene Peace, our CEO, and Boyce Byerly, who's one of our co-founders, and Jack Fitzens. And the title of the book is called Human Capital Analytics, and the subtitle is How to Harness the Potential of Your Organization's Greatest Asset. And this is a really great book because not only does it talk about, it talks about human capital it talks about how we measure those investments in human capital, like I was talking about at the beginning mm-hmm. of the segment. Mm-hmm. And then it also has some specific case studies of different organizations and how they are managing their human capital and how they're, how they're valuing the people in their organization. And we also have some case studies on our website, and they're free to anyone. We've got more than a dozen different case studies. We've got one about the nonprofit workforce development group I was sharing with you that are in Sarasota, Florida. They're called Career Edge. And so there's a case study on that organization. And there's some case studies of other organizations out there, not specifically around knowledge management, knowledge leadership, but around investing in your people and investing in human capital. And can you give us that website or at least um, some idea of where these case studies can be found? Yes, absolutely. The website is CAP Analytics. So it's like capital, but the I-T-A-L has been taken off. CapAnalytics.com. And there's a special, excuse me, special section on there with case studies. And we also have a listing of conferences and events where we're going to be speaking at 
in the near future, and feel free to sign up for our mailing list where you can receive copies of a free newsletter that has other interesting articles, and we'll keep you in the loop about about new things that we're working on at Capital Analytics. Oh, that's fabulous. Thank you. And you also mentioned earlier the Human Capital Lab at Bellevue University. Yes, and that website is humancapitallab.org, mm-hmm. www.humancapitallab.org, and they also have a variety of free resources, articles, and they do some webinars and colloquiums as well. Mm-hmm. And I can attest to that. Um, I, I just am so really struck after spending this time talking with you about how much we can really engage in further discussions um, and also how important knowledge leadership is for competitive advantage, particularly since we're all in the knowledge field where we spend time sharing case information. We spend time sharing uh, things that we've learned in working with our clients, with our donors. And yet, if we're not doing that deliberately or intentionally, it seems that we really could lose ground as people retire, as people leave. Um, and so, being yep. competitive, we think of competitive as, you know, someone else's job, not in the nonprofit world, not in the public world, but as human service organizations, can you, as we finish up this program, can you talk a little bit more about why we should care, why we should be concerned about competitive advantage? Well, absolutely, and as as I was referencing earlier, it's so critical because your people, especially in the human services area, they are the face of your organization and and what you're doing, and being able to maintain that that organizational knowledge, that social capital, and being able to further the organization, it, it couldn't be any more important in the human service organizations um, than it is in any other in any other organization. So even simple things like how we describe who we are within the organization, what our role is within the organization as we engage with other colleagues and explain who we are as an organization. In some ways, that's all about knowledge leadership. Right, right. And and you're right in being able to make those connections and understanding what different parts of the organization do and how that relates to the work that you do. I think it was you or Valerie that mentioned silos mm-hmm. earlier. It's another great great strategy for breaking down those silos and not just being focused on on your specific area that that you're doing. It's it's a way to be able to interconnect everything and direct everything back to the mission of the organization. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I like about our conversation is that we haven't just focused, which is an important part. I don't want to minimize it, but we haven't just focused on the piece that you spoke about earlier in the session where you were saying about technology and about data mm-hmm. specific. And we tend to automatically think of kind of data management, IT kinds of things. And, and yet 
it's so much more than that. It's about who we are as organizations related. And the point that I've really taken away with me is how it's related so specifically to our mission. Right. So I um, really cannot tell you how excited it's been, I've been, and how exciting it's been to have you on the show. Um, really, really appreciate your being with us and um, sharing your tremendous knowledge. Um, I look at your curriculum vita, your resume, and it is just, frankly, a little overwhelming uh, to see all the kinds of things that you've done as it relates to the value of metrics, um, as it relates to HR, and we know that human capital is more than the HR component of organizations, but a lot of work around tacit knowledge, and I often have people say, what is the difference between tacit knowledge and implicit knowledge? So those are the kinds of things that I think we have so much to learn about. And Jennifer, thank you so very much for being a guest on our show today. Oh, thank you for having me. It's, it's been great. And uh, we look forward to having you all join us again every Wednesday, Leadership Matters, informing leaders and inspiring solutions. Take care, everybody. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. and Jenny Frumer is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter. Oh,